Is it working? Because again, even your highest performing player, team player, are you willing to damage that relationship, lose that asset to that team because of a rule that might be tainted? And again, leaders, CEOs, business owners that are listening, by no means is the information on this podcast something that you have to abide by or listen to. Please proceed accordingly to what to however works for you. But just think about it. These are your high performers. And even you can't budge for your high performers. To me, that speaks volumes. It does. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, Like I said, I'm not the same person I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, that does. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me here because that's, that's good. So. I feel it was accurate. Like, what, what's your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have a period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And on today's episode, I want to talk about what leaders and organizations can learn from Naomi Osaka withdrawing from Wimbledon. This is essentially your high-performing team member who decides to draw a line in the sand because they need to take care of some personal issues. But why was there drama around it? Why was it an issue? She has performed. She has done what needed to be done. But there were some concerns. But what lessons can we take away from this? What tips can you utilize from this specific situation? So as always, get your notepad and note-taking materials and let's get into today's message. Naomi Osaka, 23 years old, 5'11". And I had to say that because I'm a part of the tall crew as well. But she's currently ranked number two in the area of women's tennis. Four-time champion, has over 247 wins, has won over $19 million in prize money. Look at me all in her pockets, guys. Forgive me. I'm just reading the information on WTA Tennis. But essentially, this young woman has been able to do some great things, and she's only 23. She was even able to beat Serena Williams, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Not just women tennis players, greatest players of all time in tennis. She has been able to do some great things, just like Serena Williams has been able to really usher in a new energy to tennis and make it something that girls like Naomi 
was inspired to get into and was influenced to get into because of Serena and has just been able to just do some great things to bring a new energy and youth and a new flavor to tennis. Recently, there was a bit of controversy because you have this high performer who withdrew or pulled back from the French Open because she cited mental health concerns. Legitimate, from my perspective, mental health concern. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read a couple of reports from ESPN to kind of give you an idea of what's going on, because maybe you're not aware. So we're going to go back to May, May 26, which really connects to the initial controversy, as they say, of what occurred. So it reads, Naomi Osaka will not be participating in any news conferences during the French Open, the upcoming French Open, she announced in a post on social media. It reads, I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one, she wrote. We're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds, and I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me. It continues, it says that if the organizations think that they can just keep saying do press or you're going to be fined and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are at the centerpiece of their organization, then I just got to laugh. Players can be fined up to $20,000 for skipping a news conference at a major. And then also in her post, she mentioned in her, um, she, excuse me, in her post, she shared video clips of fellow women's tenor, tennis player Venus William, Williams and former NFL player Marshawn Lynch, presumably to emphasize the fraught relationship between athletes and the media. And then even Venus uh, Williams and Serena and a bunch of other athletes supported her. Venus Williams saying, girl, do you, your life is yours to live. So this was back in May, this, this again, this initial just drama of it all, because the organization wasn't as happy when this initially came out. They weren't as happy at all about this. So let's fast forward to um, another report from um, June 17th, and now she has withdrawn from Wimbledon altogether. And she released a statement and says, Naomi won't be playing in Wimbledon this year. The statement read, she is taking some personal time with her friends and family. She'll be ready for the Olympics and is excited to play in front of her home fans. It says Wimbledon organizers have been in contact with Osaka and others and the tournament's media operations this year. All England Club Chief Executive Sally Bolton said Thursday, Osaka 23 withdrew from the French Open before the second round in the wake of controversy caused by her decision to skip to skip mandatory post-match news conferences at the tournament. She revealed that she had been dealing with anxiety and depression since bursting into the limelight by winning the U.S. Open in 2018. The grand, excuse me, the first of her four Grand Slam titles. News of Osaka's withdrawal comes after two-time Wimbledon champion Rafael Nadal announced he was withdrawing from the tournament in this summer's Tokyo Olympics in an effort to preserve his health and prolong his career. And I'm glad they highlighted this in this report as well. 
Because again, I know this controversy because of, you know, it's, it's Naomi Osaka. She's like the big name. This was big, big news. And I'm sure this is happening to other individuals within the game. But again, she is a major name. A lot of people follow her. You have social media platforms. You have these platforms where people are being very vocal. She's young. She has, I mean, all that stuff does matter. And the reason why I highlight all these things is because I talk a lot about the shape and the changes that are happening with this new generation. And it's not like this isn't this isn't the first time that this has come up because like she mentioned, I mean, you've heard this in the NFL. And again, I'm not a big sports fan or someone that watch sports all the time, but I have heard this because I'll tap in and I'll check it out here and there. But I've heard of Marshawn Lynch and, you know, and the whole quote where he's like, I'm just here at this news conference so I don't get fined. Right. I've heard that. I've seen the breakdowns with Serena Williams where she's been um stressed. She's just maybe lost a match. She's put everything, her body, her energy into a match and she's lost and they're asking her questions and she walks out or she, she's asked a question that might be just rude or it's just like, just, just left, just, just crazy. And she's like, what? They're already going through this mental battle already because they're high performers They have been training and doing this for years. They want to win. Yes, there's prize money attached, but this is their lives. They love the game. They put their all into it. These are even individuals that are questioning or asking them questions that don't live that life. They don't work and and to connect it back to organizations and um, the, the, the audience that I'm speaking to now, they don't even work in your department. They don't even see what you're experiencing on the day-to-day with the customers you connect with, the things you have to deal with on a regular basis, but they question you on it on a regular basis. You haven't really even taken time to understand. You haven't even lived that life. And instead of, and again, this is their commitment. It does have it. That's in the rules and that's a part of the contract and so on that they're supposed to have it, but it's a lot, right? It's easier said than done. And again, there are examples there. Uh, there's so much support surrounding this because this does happen on a regular basis. Athletes, employees, team members, these individuals that are within these bubbles and organizations do battle mental health issues. They do get stressed. They do have tough seasons. Even your high performers. And I want to continue to highlight that because just imagine your high-performing employee, that person that has been killing it at your organization for years, for months, has been doing everything that has bring brought you bonuses and just, oh my goodness, they are rocking it in your organization. Now says, listen, you know what? This, this go-around, I'm really dealing with something and I need to maybe bypass this one process. I want you to consider this one change or this one tweak. I want to highlight that there is a breakup in this system. Can we do things a little differently? And you're like, what? No. I, I don't even want to hear what you're saying. And again, I can't speak to what conversations are happening behind the background, but there was some ruckus. The rules say you get fined. That's what the rules say. 
There have been people fined because they didn't show up for news conferences. There has been. And then people show up for news conferences so they don't get fined. But is the system broken? If somebody legitimately has an issue, again, these are your high performers. And not saying that we're going to discount individuals that aren't quote unquote high performers. Because every single one of your team members, employees, their mental health matters, whatever they're dealing with matters. And again, even if this isn't dealing with mental health, there's going to be times as leaders that we need to look at our systems, our processes, and really pay attention to see like, okay, do we need to maybe take a look at this one policy, this one process? Is it working? Because again, even your highest performing player, team player, are you willing to damage that relationship, lose that asset to that team because of a rule that might be tainted? And again, leaders, CEOs, business owners that are listening, By no means is the information on this podcast something that you have to abide by or listen to. Please proceed accordingly to what to however works for you. But just think about it. These are your high performers. And even you can't budge for your high performers. To me, that speaks volumes. It does. This should be one of those situations where we sit down and say, you know what, maybe we do need to look at it. And again, it shouldn't take a high performer for us to say, you know what, maybe we need to look at it, right? Because again, um, you might have people that might not draw as much attention. They might not be able to kick out 50 sales. You might have somebody that kicks out, you know, maybe right at the average amount. Their input matters as well. And I want to highlight that again. Let's foot stomp that. Everybody's opinion matters. It does. I just keep on highlighting high performers because it's like, man, you won't even listen to the the person that's producing at the high level. That's problematic. It really is. But this really caused a lot of ruckus, ruckus. A lot of people were on different sides of it and said, hey, it's, a, it's the rule. You have to follow the rules. And trust me, I'm the kind of person, the way that my behavior style is structured, I am a rule follower. But I do recognize And recognize there is a human side of things. And like I mentioned on the previous podcast, and if you didn't listen to it before, that there is, there has been a shift that has happened, especially after COVID, where individuals are starting to want to be at organizations that are looking at the human side of things. Do you care? People lost their families. People rededicated themselves to family, to loved ones, to themselves during COVID. They recognized that they needed to work on things. They recognized that I I was putting so much into my work and I was neglecting myself, my family, my this, my that. And now that they're going back into some, you know, to, to a regular pattern in the workplace, they're like, you know what? I don't want to go back to the previous habits that I was doing before. That matters. So who are we as leaders to not consider that? Our team members are our greatest assets. And you guys hear this every week from me, 
right? But they really are. They push our mission and visions. So when Naomi brought up this concern that not only, yes, she might be in a different um, industry because this is tennis and we're talking about maybe NFL, we might be talking about the NBA, you know, and all these different, you know, pockets of, of, of sports agencies and organizations, but there are patterns. There are other people in tennis that's experienced this. There's documents, I mean, doc- documented uh, uh, maybe audio, I'm sure that even before it was filmed, there's probably documented audio. There's there's documented information out there that shows that that can prove what she's saying. And now it's getting the attention that it probably has been needed. Where people will say, hey, shut up and dribble. Hey, shut up and push those papers. Hey, shut up and go back and answer those phone calls because you're getting a check. And sometimes people do think that because, you know, some of these individuals are getting these millions of dollars, they have no voice in the game. But again, these are still individuals. There are some individuals that work that work at companies and they're making a pretty good penny, but does their mental health not matter just because they're getting a big bonus? It does. From the person that's getting $6 an hour to the person that is getting six figures, you know, seven figures, their mental health matters. And when they vocalize something or a piece of the system that's broken and they provide evidence and show that there's proof that this is a broken system, we need to listen as leaders. I believe we do. And we really do need to start paying attention to the shifts of the generations, the shifts of the employees and the team members that are coming through and really paying attention to, okay, the way things were done in the past, the rules created in the past, the things we used to do in the past, they don't work anymore. Or where can we find a healthy medium? Because yes, clearly the news and these conferences, news conferences, clearly they're important. People want to hear from, you know, these um, players. They want to hear, okay, what were you thinking in the game? There are other, you know, uh, future uh, uh, NBA players or tennis players that want to get into the mind of these amazing athletes. They want to hear that banter. There, there have been clips that I've seen of Naomi joking and and saying little tidbits that that are just interesting and funny and you get to see this other side of this just you know this wonderful just dominating player you see that other side of them so yes it's needed you need the the news coverage you need the tv because that's how you um get the attention and you get the coverage needed to um really get that person in front of those different spaces, those different homes, so other people can see them work their magic. And now more young men, young women, people from different backgrounds, cultures, races, can see that person in action and say, hey, mom and dad, I want to play tennis too. So it is a need. But at what cost? And how can we find, again, a healthy balance? So I really want us to think about that as leaders, CEOs, business owners, 
what parts of our system is broken, where we won't even listen to the voices of those that are pouring into our companies on a day-to-day basis. They show up every day. They work eight, 10, 12 hours. They show up and work on the weekends where they don't need to. And yes, they, they might not even need to do it. You don't even take time to necessarily understand what they're dealing with. Because quite frankly, a lot of those, again, a lot of those people don't understand the life of those athletes. They've never even played the sport before. As someone that used to train, and again, I'm not on Naomi's level, but as someone that used to train at a very high level, and I really had this pursuit of um, doing martial arts, um, I had trained in jujitsu, Muay Thai, was doing some MMA, and I was training at least six days a week. I mean, three, four hours nonstop. And when it was uh, season four championships, oh my goodness, those training sessions will be nonstop. You will go from one class to another class to another class, and you'll have these periods of not eating because, again, you're going from class to class to class. And then you have to add the time where, hey, you're at home and you're maybe watching film and you're practicing at home and you're drilling in your mind. And it's really, truly a commitment because you have that time in the ring. Maybe you'll have, you know, three three minute matches or, you know, whatever you have, three, five minute matches, whatever that is. But essentially when it's time to perform, like that hard work, that time and energy you put into that work, all that stuff means something. You're putting everything on the line. And in certain sports that you play, like it's dangerous. Football, tennis, I mean, tennis, if you get if you get a ball, <laughs> you know, to the head, I mean, all of those things, again, it's, it's just blood, sweat, tears, time, energy. We need to be able to value our team members the same way. Some of us have never sat in their seats. Some of us have gotten the degrees. We have gotten the, you know, experience. Some of us, maybe not as much but we've been placed into these positions and we might not have really walked in their shoes. And we've set these rules and these standards and we haven't even taken time to say, Hey, you know what? Tell me about your experience. Why do you feel like this rule or this system is broken? Let me, let me hear your perspective. Okay. Let's make some adjustments. Let's figure out how we can make this work for you because I have to make decisions as a leader all the time. How can I make a decision while considering the benefit of the customer, as well as my team, because I do have to find a happy medium at all times. I mean, I'm finding myself in that situation probably every week. All right, guys, because we're in like this program management re restructuring season right now. And we're always, we're right now having constant discussions about finding that happy medium of, okay, how can we improve the program where you guys can have a great process that's not as stressful and strenuous, but also meeting the needs of the customer and also meeting the mission requirements within, within the organization so we can meet the big picture, right, of here at the headquarters what they need. This is a constant conversation I'm having right now. So we can make these adjustments here, but how about this? So I'm constantly finding ways to make it to make sure that my team members have a voice but are you? We don't want this high performer in Naomi, 
Rashawn Lynch. I mean, even though this is a former NBA, I mean, excuse me, NFL player, the Williams sisters, all these high performers, all these average performers, whatever status you want to put them in, they're still individuals who have committed to your organization, to your businesses, to show up on a day-to-day basis, to do the work. We don't want to discount their input because they see something flawed and their input does matter just because, okay, well, this is how things need to be. They're working the process on a day-to-day basis. They're the ones doing the work. Their voice should be heard because sometimes we don't understand it. As we move up the chain, we get, we get less connected to the day-to-day grind. We do. So we might not be able to empathize or understand because we're pushed, we're pulled away from it. So maybe the person at the top doesn't understand. And I'm not saying that they necessarily need to because, yes, that's the realities of moving up to different levels. But we need to make sure that we are still allowing the Naomi's to have a voice. Because as the shift of generations are coming through to your organizations, they're requesting different things. They're seeing the world differently. They're challenging organizations differently. And it's a good thing because change is good. And we have to recognize, okay, what's a happy medium? Because not only are these our up-and-coming leaders, these are our future customers as well. So if our leaders and our team members in the organization is changing, then those on the outside that we are going to be uh, we are going to be pushing our products and services to, and we want to build those client relationships with, they're going to be changing. So we need to listen to those individuals inside because they know and they have information and can tell us and give us a pulse of what's going on on the outside. So as they're shifting, we can shift. And of course, this doesn't, if, it, if it's tied to your company values and what you stand for, by no means am I saying change that. Because again, there's certain values that no organization should shift from. Of course not. But when you're thinking about talking about mental health, something that a lot of people had to navigate during COVID, a lot of us leaders deal with on a regular basis, something like this needs to be listened to. So I want to ask you again, what things are you not paying attention to or listening to leaders? What adjustments do you need to make? So I want to take a quick pause and I want to give you a few tips and strategies and things that you can take and start applying on a weekly or day-to-day basis, or just some things to think about so you can start to make sure that you are considering the voices of those within your organization, especially the future generations that are coming and filtering through your organization. Because I always challenge, especially up-and-coming business owners, are those that are organizations and companies that are there now. If you want to be long-lasting and you want to be a company or organization that continues on and you can pass it on to your children, your children's children, you have to start understanding the generations that are to come. So we'll be right back with those tips and strategies. So stay tuned. I have one more step for you after this. So stay tuned. 
Leaders set trends, five employee retention secrets you never knew. Leaders, you have to recognize to decrease the number of team members departing your organization and companies. You not only have to sharpen your leadership skills, but you also have to create and usher in innovative ways for an improved culture and climate. So this book that I wrote is going to allow you to understand and identify the five specific areas you need to know to transform the workplace through improved communication, collaboration, reduced conflict, and most importantly, the things that's going to allow you to become a highly competitive brand, business, or company. So if you want to get more information, go to my page and go grab a copy now. AishaThomas.org backslash shop. Again, AishaThomas.org backslash shop. And look for the book, Leaders Set Trends, Five Employee Retention Secrets You Never Knew. Again, that's AishaThomas.org backslash shop. So leaders, now that you have digested what we just talked about, and you might have already taken some tips away thus far, but one of the first things I want you to really recognize and be open to is change. That is the first thing I want you to be open to is change. There are certain, again, um, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm big on behavior preferences and styles. And there are some individuals that struggle with accepting change and being open to change. They're very systematic. They're very rules driven and have a mindset. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And again, I sometimes find myself in that area. And I like to have reasons behind the change. But I've had to really train myself to be more open and recognize that, okay, let me be open and listen to the different perspectives, especially when you're working in a team dynamic. I have to be open to hear different perspectives. But the first thing you have to do is be open to change. Because this change might be for the betterment of your department, of your team, of your organization, of the company. So always be open to hear that and be like, you know what, this change might be for the better. Again, scientifically, we have we are more apt to have a negativity bias. But if we start looking towards the possibilities, what could work, that will, oh my goodness, that will benefit you in so many different ways. I'm doing this organization consulting class, and we've been studying this awesome book called Flawless Consulting. And I love it because in the chapter where we've been focusing on problem solving, they talked about these two individuals that went about problem solving a lot differently. Instead of going and focusing on the problem, so pretty much they went into this um, this this country, I believe it was in Vietnam somewhere. Um, And pretty much they wanted to support um, this cause of like malnutrition and really support that community in feeding the, the, the poor and ending hunger and really making sure that that community thrived. So instead of focusing on what we typically do, go in and look at problems, they looked at what was working. So they went in not, hey, what's the problem? They went in with the mindset of what's working. They didn't look at, okay, how many children are dealing with malnutrition? 
they looked at how many children were actually thriving in the community first. So once they identified that, they asked that specific tribe, how are you guys doing that? Once they found out how they were doing that, they found people who were willing to take that information and utilize it to teach the other tribes and communities how to implement that same practice. And by doing that, they started to see a change in that community. And to me, it was just eye-opening because again, we're norm where we have been developed to look at problems, not possibilities. I know, I know I've been. I don't go in and say, what's what's been working? That meant at me at some point I might get there, but I go in and say, what's the problem? I'm I am more likely to say that first. So I love that illustration and that example because it leans towards positive psychology, which is a term that I was introduced to when I did, um, went through my master resiliency training. Because again, we are more apt to look at the negative and we solve problems based off of let's fix the, the negative. We're gonna, we, that's what we're gonna do. But if we start to look at things and say, what are the possibilities that can come with the change then we'll start to look at the change differently. So are you a leader that's open to change? Can you start looking at the possibilities around that change? So it's first doing that. The next thing is, of course, vetting and identifying and getting feedback regularly from those that are being impacted by those rules and regulations. The systems, the structures, they're there. And yes, we're at the top making the decisions, but those that are impacted by it, let's ask them, how does this affect them? Okay, by implementing this rule and you're having to do this, how does this affect you? How, how, do, how does this make your, your um, situation better or worse? Because again, those are the ones that are truly being impacted by it. And they might be the ones to let you know something that you didn't even recognize. Hey, well, what you don't realize is that this is the process that I go, let's use again, Naomi. Hey, we train X amount of time. You know, this is what happens right after this. You don't, you know, maybe after a loss of a game or after a stressful game, hey, I might need X amount of time before I, I can't go from right off the court right into the news conference. I need 15, 20 minutes first. I need to listen to a couple Beyonce songs. I need to listen to a couple songs. I need to, you know, shower. I need to do this, this, this. Then I'm, I, I feel I'm, I, I'm at least at a point where, yes, I might still be stressed out, but I'm not just fresh off of the court. I've had time to at least decompress it's just like when we get home and you walk in the door and, you know, maybe your kids are like, ah, da, 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 or your, your spouse or whatever it is, they come in and they're just like coming at you and you're like, whoa, give me 10 minutes. Okay. Cause again, you know, they, they've missed you. They want to talk to you, but you might just need like a little transition moment. And that might be something you work out with your family. Give, give mama, give, give, give daddy, give me 10 minutes of transition time. 
Let me go upstairs, take my clothes off. Let me shower. Let me put on this good music. Let me get a sip of water. (sighs) Let me shake this day off of me. Now I can go transition into dad mode, spouse mode, brother, sister mode, whatever mode and transition. And you might not even realize that that needs to happen. There's a shift that needs to happen. So ask for the feedback by those who are impacted by those policies. And then, of course, ask for recommendations. I always tell my team members, and I, I, I was told this a long time ago, if you're going to make recommendations, I mean, excuse me, if you're going to share problems, because again, you do have some people that are still problem focused, bring me some solutions, right? What are the possibilities? Bring me some good stuff. So let's not just have a conversation solely about the problems, problem, problems. What do you want? What's the outcome? I had a conversation the other day, just sitting on the phone. There's the problem, problem, problem. Conversation was ended short. Okay, what do you want? How can I fix this? So always be ready or always ask the question because of course we're getting this from our team members, but Hey, maybe there's, we as leaders too can sometimes are having these conversations with our higher ups, our leadership. So we need to always have recommendations because maybe you're a leader that's having to make this recommendation to your boss, to your C-suite, to your executives. Hey, I've noticed my, my department wants to make these recommendations or this is the problem we're having, but these are our recommendations. We want to always have recommendations. So once we've gotten to, once we, again, be open for change, hey, you've gotten the feedback for the people that are um, impacted by those systems, those policies, you have those recommendations. That's going to be extremely important. The next thing is, of course, testing it out, seeing what works. There's going to be a period where you might have to make adjustments and tweak it and say, okay, this works, this doesn't work, work. There are probably days where, hey, Naomi is fine. She doesn't mind getting off the court and going right into the press conference. There might be some things that need to be worked out with the news people that are there because I'm sure they have times and things they have to do. They might have other people that they have to um, interview. So again, it's going to be finding a healthy medium because that's the other part you want to be able to inform those that you are negotiating with or finding a health, you know, a, a healthy medium with or getting feedback from is that we have to find a way that's going to benefit the customer as well as yourself. So you want to make sure that you are also implementing that, giving them the perspective of the other person. And sometimes we fail to do that. I always try to remind my team the perspective of those above. I had a situation where there was a recent situation, not a recent, but a situation maybe a few months back um, where, you know, someone in our leadership wanted something to be done right away for somebody else in another organization. And when we had a conversation about it, I was just like, listen, this is, Sometimes a great way to build relationships, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. One, of course, make sure that when you're asked if you can make this a priority, you communicate if you have other priorities going on, um, you know, you verify, hey, uh, if it's something you have to get back to, ask them, hey, can I do this in the next hour or so on? Make sure you maintain the level of boundaries you need to make, but also recognize that there are going to be moments where We need things done right away. And that leader can call that other leader and say, hey, 
can you do this for my team right away? And they might be more likely to say yes, because they have been able to support them as well. And it's not saying it's going to be like this whole quid pro quo thing. You scratch my back, it's going to be this back and forth thing, right? You give, I give. But again, that could be the reality sometimes. But adding that additional perspective made them make sense. Like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I didn't even think about it like that. Or just giving them perspective of, okay, the reason why this decision was made was because of this. Giving them the big picture, just giving them a different perspective, having a level of transparency. You have to sometimes paint a picture of why decisions were made. And again, you don't have to, but that just adds another layer to allowing your team to understand, oh, okay, this is why we need a healthy medium. So as much as you might say, oh, we need to just end news conferences altogether. Okay, this is why we can't. We need it because that beautiful young brown girl that is looking up to you won't be able to see you anymore because we need the news conferences to hit this airwave. And if this airwave, then this girl can see you on this channel and like, and so on. Or we need this young boy in this area that, you know, might only have access to tennis at his school. Um, The only way that he'll be able to see you is if you do this conference and now this conference will be aired here and, you know, and so on and so on. And now it's adding perspective to it. Oh, okay. This is why we need it. So we can't necessarily get rid of having any media here. We need them. But but we want to build a nice, healthy relationship with them. So painting that picture on both sides is extremely beneficial. But are you doing that? So those are some ways to really help in this area. And then, of course, once you identify and you find that healthy medium, um, again, implement the change, see what works, go back to the drawing table if necessary, do check-ins on a regular basis. And of course, if your team member is navigating something through that season, make sure you're checking in on them. How are you doing? And of course, you know, not everybody has to let you know specifically what they're dealing with. You know, Naomi didn't have to share she was dealing with anxiety and depression. And she probably had a level of transparency because there are probably other people out there that are dealing with it. And now because her vocalizing it, other people can, it can be normalized. And they're like, oh, wow, if she can deal with it or she can vocalize it, I don't feel awkward for dealing with it. Because again, there is still a mental health stigma. Some people feel like you're not strong or you're weak if you are dealing with it, even at the highest level. So for her, she was very brave to open up about it. But essentially, you know, if we do know that someone is dealing with something, we want to make sure we check in with those individuals, rebuild those relationships, because you you might get it wrong. You might make a mistake. You might be that organization that's like initially like, you know what? No, this is the rule and this is how it stands. And then maybe you see the uproar because of it. And later on, you're like, you know what? Maybe we got it wrong. And now you have to fix that situation. You can do that. There is redemption on the other side. Not saying that you won't suffer any losses. Not saying that you might not lose employees or team members. Because of it, you might. But it's how you handle it moving forward. 
but you again have to be open to change. You want to make sure you're building those relationships and asking those individuals impacted by those rules and regulations. Implement the changes, make, make adjustments, making sure you check in with those individuals on a regular basis, vetting feedback on a regular basis from those that are impacted by those rules and systems. Regardless of age, background, color, sex, creed, all of those good things, all of those individuals' opinions matter. From your high-performing player, team player, to the person that might not be moving at a pace that you would like, they, their opinions matter because they are essential to the movement of the things happening within your company. It's adding to the success in some kind of way. Because one team player that's down, that's another person that has to pick up the slack. One person that decides to quit because you didn't allow them to have a voice, somebody has to pick up that slack. It's going to affect some area. That's more customers that's going to be waiting to talk to somebody. So whatever we can do to support our team, allow them to have a voice, make the adjustments necessary, please do that. And of course, find that happy medium, paint that picture, because sometimes our team members don't understand the other side of things. And just taking time to allow them to see it and understand it, they're like, okay, especially our young leaders, especially those that might just think that, okay, I'm just pushing a button or I'm just, okay, let me allow you to see what that button push does or what this rule, why it's there and why it's so important. And they're like, oh, I did not know that, Miss Thomas. I did not know that, Mr. Abram. I did not know that's why that's such a big deal. By just taking time to explain. So let's start doing that a little bit more leaders, because again, if you plan on being an organization, a company of the future, you have to be able to understand what is happening, the changes that are happening with the future generation, what people are needing now and beyond. So as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. I hope this message impacted you. I know it impacted me. The more I research and learn about things, it's just like, ah, this is making me a better leader. So I hope it benefits you. If you know anybody that will benefit from the message, as always, make sure you share it. If you have not left a review, why not? Leave a review, okay? Leave a review because, again, that's how the message spreads. That's more. Pe- that's how more people can hear the message. And, of course, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on all platform at Miss Aisha Thomas, and that information is in the show notes. And, as always, I thank you for your support. I thank you for all your support. I'm grateful for it. Check out my new website. I made some changes on it, AishaThomas.org. You know, I'll hook that thing up a little bit, okay? Uh, so make sure you check that out. And of course, if you need consulting, if you need some leadership development, any of that support, make sure you go to my website as well, inquire about getting that support. And I appreciate you guys tuning in and I will catch you guys next time. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode. And if you know anybody that will benefit from this message, make sure you share it. If you have not left a review yet, make sure you do that as well. Because the more reviews I get, the more this message spreads. And as always, if you have a question, shoot me an email, info at AishaThomas.org 
or follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Thomas. You can DM me there or watch some of my YouTube series videos on team development, leadership development, and all that good stuff at the Miss Isha. So all that information is in the show details. And I hope you guys have a great week.